Robert Police is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's a number. And it's Momo Rodriguez again. Welcome back. It's me, Finister, and we are doing another player profile. Kind of different tonight. We're doing a player profile, a little talk in the middle about the goings-on and footballing world, and then another player profile because the two guys on our back line that we're doing tonight, there's not a, there's not too much to talk about, to be honest. Uh, this show is going to be brought to you by Water with Lemon because I'm not allowed to drink for a while. Like I said before, not an alcoholic. I'm just converting my lifestyle to one of sanctity and piety and uh, I guess natural things. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. It's kind of tough. You know, I went to the game and didn't have a beer. It's weird for me. I saw all the beers, but I didn't want a beer because I still felt like absolute dog shit. But I'll get used to it, I think. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the first player profile is on La Flecha. That's Jose Carlos Bizama Venegas. He was born on June 25th, 1994 in... Oh, God. Coronilua? Fuck me. Coronilua. Chile. He's from Chile. Chile, as us gringos say. Now, he is a Chilean professional footballer. He's a defender, primarily a right back for our club, our one and only club, the Houston Dynamo. He also plays for the Chilean national team. Now, Carlos, he's a decent-sized boy, right? He's 5'11", just a little bit under that six-foot mark that some of us hold so dear. To my short people out there, Man, once I hit 72 inches, that's six feet for you mathematically challenged motherfuckers, uh, I felt so much better. It was like a benchmark, right? Because to say I'm 5'10", you're like, oh, you're f that's nothing to write home about. But if you're six feet tall, that's, that's something you can say. And people go, oh, he's a tall drink of water. Now, Bizama is 26 years old. He's got lots and lots of life left in his legs. He wears kit number 18, and throughout his professional career, over Chile and Houston, he's made 106 appearances. That's, that's good. His career started in 2014, and up until now, uh, he was appearing pretty regularly. But, you know, we haven't seen him much, and we'll get to that. So, he's born in Chile. He be begins his career with the Chilean Primera Division club, Huachipato. And he joined Los Acereros when he was 16. He makes his professional debut on May 22nd, 2014. Do some math. That was seven years ago. Okay? Means he was 19 years old. He comes on as a sub in a 5-4 win over Deportes Concepcion in a Copa Chile match. Bizama makes his Primera Division debut on August 8th, 2014, in a 2-1 win against Deportes Iquique. These names fucking kill me. He makes his first appearance in an international competition on August 12, 2015, when he starts in a 2-0 defeat to Club Olympia in the Copa Sudamericana. Olympia is going to be the home of uh, Elise, right? That's Honduras. That's our AAA team. Jose is going to score his first professional goal January 16, 2016, in a 3-0 win over CD Universidad de Concepcion. University of Conception. You know what happens there, right? They're conceiving. Immaculately, or maybe not so immaculately. 
I don't know. Read the good book. Okay. So shortly after this, right, he, he goes uh, five years down there in Chile. Well, on July 11th, 2019, he signs with us. But if you remember this, he couldn't get a fucking visa. Hmm. It's 2019. I wonder why it was hard for someone from South America to get to America. I'm not going to say any names. <clears throat> Trump. So he makes his Dynamo debut on August 11th, and he starts in a 2-1 loss to Philadelphia. Fuck those guys. That season, Pizama's going to make five appearances. Four of them are starts during his first season with us. Now, February 28th, 2020, the last day of February of that year, right before shit shut down for COVID, what happens to Jose? He breaks his leg in practice a day before the season opener. That fucking sucks. He undergoes surgery two days later. He doesn't come back until September 9th. And he plays the full match in a 1-1 draw in Colorado. He goes on to play in eight games in this shortened season due to the Corona-19 pandemic as we, the Houston Dynamo, finish dead-ass last in the Western Conference and we miss the playoffs again. Now, internationally, Jose was called up on May 17th, 2018 to play for the Chilean team for three friendlies. He makes his debut in a 3-2 loss to Romania. He also makes two more appearances on June 4th and 8th as a sub against Serbia and Poland. That's pretty good competition. It is. Poland is good competition. Serbia, Romania. I want to suck your blood. Those are good teams to play against. It is. Those are, hell, let's bring us some Serbs and some Polacks and some Romanians. Bring them over. Put them on a dynamo. Give marriage someone to talk to now that Struna has gone. Uh, 2019, August 28th, Jose is called back into the national squad by Rueda for two friendlies. He comes on as a sub in a 2-1 loss to Honduras, and he earns his fourth cap for La Roja. As you know, his nickname, if you didn't know, if you didn't know, his nickname is La Flecha, which means the arrow, because he's fast. We haven't seen much of him because of injury, and right now, uh, we got Zarek Valentin. So where does Bazama fit in? It's a good question, right? It's a good question. So over 97 professional games, he's got four goals and two assists. Not world beater numbers. You know, he, he's got more goals and assists as a right back. That's pretty impressive. Uh, what do I expect from him? He's a sub, right? We have Valentin. As long as, fingers crossed, Zarek stays healthy and plays well, we won't see much of Jose. Can he play on the left? Can he spell uh, Lundqvist? Will Junqua be on the left to spell Lundqvist? Where does Jose fit in? We know from what we've seen, Tab Ramos likes speed. This guy's fast. You put him on the right side with Picard, you now have the gazelle and the arrow on the same side. Right? That sounds like a fast side. So where does he fit in? I, I don't think we're going to see him a ton. There's no open cup. So the prospect of developing players and getting people minutes that normally wouldn't, that's out the window, thanks to fucking COVID. I mean, I, look, I would love if we could play everybody, but we can't. When we signed Bazama, I, I thought it was an exciting-ish signing. You know, we haven't had a super exciting signing, I, I guess since Quintero was a big signing. But 
who's been our big signing since then? Who's been our exciting signing? Corona? Really? I don't think so. Nobody. We've signed a bunch of guys that fit the system. Where does Jose fit in? I don't know. We will see. So now, unless you've been living under a fucking rock or in a cave, you've heard about the European Super League, which my European club, Tottenham Hotspur, we're going to be a part of. 24 hours after the announcement, the Super League is no more. Why? Because fucking fans are pissed. Why did this happen? Because the big clubs are sick and tired of feeling like, I think, that UEFA and FIFA are basically like mafiosos and they're just running shit. Was this ever really going to happen? We'll never know. Why were Europeans so pissed? Because it's an American concept. A league where losing has no repercussions. In America, if you lose, you get rewarded with a high draft pick. You literally get rewarded for losing here. We have teams here in this country in sports that tank on purpose. It happens all the time. I'm also a Jets fan. Do you know how mad I was when they won their second game? And we missed out on Trevor Lawrence? fucking furious. It's an American concept with American owners paving the way. Is it a good idea? Yeah, if your team's in it. And those of you that are pissed about your team saying we wanted to get in, here's the deal. If you don't get in, you can no longer compete domestically with any of those teams in the Super League. It's over. They were going to get $400 million just for joining that's four times the amount of winning the Champions League. It's fucking insane. It's absolutely insane. From a business standpoint, you have to do this. From an integrity and a sporting standpoint, it's against everything that real soccer stands for. Plain and simple. I wish in the U.S. we had rele relegation. Then maybe Brenner and Jordan and them, they would actually spend a little more money. And they would try to compete. Can you imagine us playing in the USL and our new rivalry being RGV? Do you know how much money they would lose not being in MLS, the owners? Fucking tons. Tons. It'd be like owning stock in Lehman Brothers in 2007. And then 2009 rolls around. If you don't know what Lehman Brothers are and you're fucking over 30, you're stupid. Lehman Brothers was one of the ones that... When the stock market crashed, they fucking went under. They were one of those banks that were too big to fail, but they were the sacrificial lamb. Okay? They went under. Like I said, if you're over 30 and you don't know that story, you need to fucking wake up and start reading some stuff. Because you are un uninformed. And odds are you're voting too. So being uninformed and voting is fucking terrible. You probably get your, your information and your facts from memes and GIFs. Another thing, big news, Jose Mourinho out at Tottenham. Get him out of my club. I'm fucking happy. As soon as they signed him, Jesus, it, I just felt like I needed to shower. The prospect of winning trophies was great, but I knew that we were in for a fucking ride. That it was going to be absolutely miserable. Fucking horrible. It's like being Dracula and then Van Helsing shows up to dinner. Fucking terrible. I'm happy. Whatever. We're 1-0 we're after the Mourinho era has ended. Under 29-year-old Ryan Mason. 
Give me Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann. Whatever. Last piece of information. We've had a busy 24 hours, man. Uh, the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin verdict is in. Now, I didn't follow much of the trial. I, I watched some of it. The shit's hard to watch. It is. And um, I did watch the verdict. And I... Uh, politically be however you want. But you know that if he was acquitted, what happened with Rodney King and the riots in the 90s, this was going to be far worse. So to find him guilty on all three counts, that's that's fine. It it I could breathe. I, I was holding my breath. And not a lot of shit stresses me out. That stressed me out. It's a shame that here in this country, we have to wait for people to die before we change things. I think it's fucking stupid. It's ridiculous. You can identify problems before anybody dies. And you can work towards fixing them. Unfortunately, regardless of which political party you support, it's not how it works. They go against each other just because they're fucking a different color. Red and blue. Not black and white. Red and blue. Democrats, Republicans. They just vote no. They don't give a shit what's on it. They just vote no. It's absolutely fucking appalling. It's ridiculous. What's it going to take to where our politicians actually work for us again? I don't know. Take away the PAC money? Take away the big donations? Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Anyway. Um, all right. So the next player profile, a guy that I'm pretty excited about starting next year. If we see this guy this year, our season's over. Period. The guy is Ethan Bartlow. All right. He was the sixth overall draft pick this year. He's a generation Adidas player. Now, we know he's a big lad. We know he he moves well on the ball. Okay. We, we know he's good with the ball at his feet. And collegiately, he was very successful. As a freshman, he won all Pac-12 honorable mention. He started 18 matches as a true freshman and played the most minutes of any Washington Husky soccer player. He played the entire match in 17 of 18 matches. He earned all Pac-12 honorable mention. He missed two games due to an injury, but he anchored a Washington defense that allowed 20 goals in 20 matches and posted five straight clean sheets to end the year. As a center back, he finished the season with one goal and two assists. He picked up his first involvement uh, September 23rd, 2018, with an assist on Kyle Coffey's opening goal, and he had his second assist in Washington's non-conference win over Loyola Chicago a month and a half later. He scores his first collegiate goal in the final match as the Huskies upset Oregon State on November 9th, 2018. So you know building off of that as a freshman, there is big fucking expectations as a sophomore. And this guy delivered. 2019, he's Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He's all Pac-12 first team. He's All-American second team. He became the first Washington player to earn Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He appeared in 20 matches, the whole fucking thing. He played in 1,694 minutes. The Huskies had 12 shutouts. They surrendered 14 goals and finished ninth in the NCAA with a .66 goals against average. He also had a banner season offensively. This guy scored five fucking goals as a center back and had an assist. 
He had a brace in Washington's 4-1 second round win against Marshall. We are Marshall. Great movie. Love Matthew McConaughey. Even if he supports Austin FC. Gotta love Matthew. Because as you know, he's alright, alright, alright. Yeah, that was lame. Uh, he scores his first goal of the season against San Francisco on September 2nd. He scores goals in back-to-back matches, including a penalty kick against UCLA. And then he records the lone goal off of a free kick in Washington's 1-0 victory over Portland on September 29th. In uh, 2016, he earned three caps with the U.S. Under-17 Boys National Team. So this guy has a huge upside. You look at his growth from freshman to sophomore season, that's fucking phenomenal. But how many guys come straight out of college and are successful in MLS? List them. I'll wait. This is all the time I need to wait. There's not any. I can't think of any. But I, I, don't, I don't religiously follow other MLS clubs. I follow the Dynamo because that's my club. I know the big names. I know the teams that are consistently good. I can't list off stats. I'm not one of those guys. Not when it comes to this. It's too many fucking moving parts. So what do I expect from Ethan Bartlow? This year, I hope we see him a little. In garbage time, in mop-up time, when we've either put the game away or the game is too far gone. The fact that we're not playing in any cup, any cup games sucks because that's when this guy should get on the field. Now, Junqua, Sam Junqua has appeared now. This is his third season with us, if I'm correct. And it looks like he is slated to be a starter unless Boniac Garcia continues to play how he is at center back. Or possibly Figueroa. But Junqua is now going to be a rotation player. He's going to be in the lineup. It took him three seasons. And if you watched Sam early on, it was hard to watch. Bartlow appears collegiately to be further along than Sam was. I would not be surprised if next season... Bartlow slots into the uh, into the back line. Tim Parker's not going anywhere. If you've watched Tim Parker, you know he is probably the best player on our team. For real. Ethan Bartlow, this season, I hope we get to see him. But if we see him a lot, we're in trouble. Next season, I think he's going to have a real big chance. I think he's going to be able to compete against Junqua and maybe Funmayor. Who knows what happened to Alejandro? We know he was hurt, but who knows? Okay, he hasn't really lived up to expectations yet. Now, guys, that's it. We did two-player profiles. We talked about some news. Um, give us a rating. Like us. Support us. Tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on uh, Instagram, too. Do that, if you like. Um, thank you for listening. This has been the Houston Dynapod Podcast. I'm your fucking host, Finister. Uh, LAFC, two weeks, Portland Timbers this weekend away, tune in on the, on the TV, get up there to pitch 25, support the club. I might be going to pitch 25. I won't be drinking. So if you see me, you won't know me because I keep it anonymous, but if you do, just, you'll see, I'll be drinking water. All right. Let's fuck the Timbers up. Let's beat their ass. Go Dynamo. Albert Police is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's a number. And it's Mumbo Rodriguez again. 